0: there everybody welcome to up all night a horror anthology podcast my name is cortland and with me today is the guy that always opens up doors using chewed bubblegum it's brandon how you doing brandon
1: yes i do that i do that
0: <laughs> yes, i'm a normal human being i do that yes <laughs> yes that is what we do brandon it's 2024 dude how's your what? year been so far
1: i haven't talked to you in like oh, two man. weeks how you been doing i know i know i missed you i missed you too god. it's been a dream It's been a treat. Ah, yeah. A treat, Williams. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I've had the last two weeks off from work and I made a list. I was like, I'm going to get all this stuff done. And you know what? I did maybe one or two of those things. Wow. Look at you go, girl. I know. (laughs) You're an inspiration. You know that? I'm back in 2024 and I'm better. That's amazing, right? Now, what did you actually do? Though <laughs> uh, I can't remember. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I probably watched a movie. I was like, watch one movie. Tick. It was Zootopia, wasn't it? You love Zootopia, I bet, right? Uh, I've never seen Zootopia. Oh my goodness, Brandon! I know that's that's my like. Uh, what's that movie? I always am shocked that you haven't seen uh, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> There's one specific one that keeps coming up oh um, forget it cut it
0: cut that okay that's fair let me think so well i mean brandon it's been like two weeks since i talked to you we had a little you know holiday break as we do every year mm-hmm. but i gotta ask though like what you've been up to anything sweet happened to you lately besides like christmas and all that
1: yeah christmas was pretty sweet uh new year's was pretty sweet uh i played some games i beat a game today what'd you beat the curse of the golden idol
0: that sounds like an episode of like Legends of the Hidden Temple or something. It Brandon. does. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was a little bit of a murder mystery. Oh my. Spooky. It was very good. Very good.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Well, Brandon, I have to say, so this year for Christmas my son, uh, you know, Lance, he got a drone. Like a like a, you know, $20 drone or something, right? Yeah,
1: missile launches. I I know.
0: It, well, you like you got a little Remote control in your hands and you like fly it and stuff. It's pretty cool, you know. So we float, float around the the living room a little bit, and then I had the idea. I was like, "Hey, let's take it outside, you know. Let's see how yeah. what we can do with this thing." Because like obviously obvious, like next step in fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> of course. So we go out into the backyard, and I'm like, we and we have this drone out there, and I'm like, we, you know, like I. <laughs> i like where this is going oh lord yeah so we have this drone we got it outside we went to the backyard we're like okay let's fly it so my son's flying it and i'm like how high do you think he can go (laughs) oh boy (laughs) he's like i don't know let's try it out so he flies it like high right and i'm like okay just don't like you know let it go on the roof because i don't want to get the ladder out and get it off the roof that'd be the worst so um yeah, he he flies it a little bit higher, right? And he's like, "Do you want to try, Dad?" And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I would love to," right? Cuz like <laughs> f- flying a drone, I mean, that's the funnest thing in the whole
1: world. Yeah, I mean, that was like the future when we were kids. It's like someday there'll be drones.
0: Yeah, it's like an RC car that can go anywhere ever. So, um he hands me the he hands me the controllers and then he's like, "Uh-oh." And I look up and the drone is like already on the roof. And it's just like clicking against the roof, right? So I'm like, oh, geez, it's headed towards the front yard. So I'm like, okay, let let's go. Like, I I can't I can't seem to get it to stop. So so I'm like, let's run to the front yard. We'll get it from there, right? So we run through the house like as fast as we can. I go out to the front yard. That drone is gone. I I have no idea where it went. It's just fucking gone. <laughs> I don't <have> any idea. <laughs> so we had the drone for like. <laughs> Half an hour. Needless to say, Brandon, we have one in the mail right now from Amazon, (laughs) so that we can have a drone again.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's That's like when you were a kid and you'd you'd be at the the fair or something, and you'd get a balloon and you'd be so excited, and then that thing's just flying away like five minutes later.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that that happened to me. I still miss it, man. That's a devastating moment in my life right there with that balloon but yeah, yeah it was That'll i mean lance took it very well <laughs> like that drone was well, like good. clapping against the roof and then it was just gone and i don't know when i tried to look around the neighborhood and stuff i was like maybe it like hit a tree and fell because like that thing it hits a wall and it just drops to the ground so i'm assuming it's it in been literally to
1: the twilight zone it's fucking gone <laughs> I it well i mean I, as a 30-something-year-old man, if I got a brand-new drone and I lost it, I would be stomping my feet and crying, uh-huh. yeah, kicking my legs. So I was you, so mad. Good on Lance for just being like, yeah, sometimes you lose drones. <laughs> it happens.
0: Sometimes they go over the roof and somehow just completely disappear. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <sighs> But other than that, I think that's like the, the most traumatizing moment of 2024 so far. So that's, I mean, that's well, pretty it's pretty good. It's got to be all uphill from there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst that can happen. We're doing pretty good. I mean, it's like, yeah. quick Amazon order. Bam. You got another drone, and it does not go in the backyard on a windy day. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Brandon. So we have this episode of Tales from the Crypt to uh, talk about. Are you ready sure to ch- chit chat about this? a little yeah, while yeah
1: that's what i'm
0: here for all right well we just got done watching tales from the crypt season 4 episode 8 showdown brandon what'd you think of showdown
1: i, I liked showdown oh my
0: god i don't like showdown too brandon oh what my is. god i was very surprised that i liked showdown considering it is like a western style episode i'm not a huge fan of western movies so uh yeah i didn't expect to like it and i was like no this is pretty good
1: yeah it feels like it just flies right by like this episode is yeah. breezy
0: it really is i don't know what well you actually you know what i think i do it's because it cuts to stampeding horses very frequently um so much so that while i'm doing my notes like i didn't write down like oh and then it cuts to horses for a second because it happens so much um, yeah,
1: even while you're watching it, your brain is just like, oh, it's those horses again, and shuts off for a few seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's, yeah, it's just like cuts in your mind, and uh, you look down, and the episode's actually only 14 minutes long or something, but yeah. It's good, though, Brandon. Um, It's got a good set. Like, it, it is very uh, generic, you know, like, because they go to, like, a, a an empty town, and you're like, this is exactly what I would assume they would use for, like, an empty set of a town in the i don't know the west yeah. kind of it's thing. like
1: a step above those like just facade with boards holding it up kind of western towns
0: exactly yeah and like they you could tell that they held restraint by not using like a tumbleweed kind of like that kind of thing <laughs> like being oh, too they, generic. they should have actually i would have called it out but yeah you don't see any tumbleweeds which was interesting it's got, uh, it, it just kind of moves, and it's got a little bit of twists here and there, and um, I liked
1: it. <laughs> I thought it was fun. It's, like, it's not a crazy original story or anything, and the twist, if you'd call it a twist or whatever, you can see pretty early on. I don't know, Brandon. I was kind of like, hmm, what's going on here a little bit, but... You got to minute 20 and be like, wait, what? <laughs> it's not that
0: crazy, but... Um, I think it was executed really well, and um, I don't know. It kept its pace, and it was interesting, and I, I wanted to know what was happening. So, I mean, hey, I think that's another kind of good episode for season four. of Crypt.
1: Yeah, we're on a little bit of a roll here.
0: I know what's going to stop us, you know? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it has to stop. Yeah, it has God. to. <laughs> yeah,
1: we're going to get to that Roseanne
0: episode, and it's just oh going to reach. I wouldn't be surprised, if Roseanne. But I think we should just get into it. We got some. Some stuff to talk about. I wouldn't All be surprised right. if, if this episode this recording is not that long though because this is like the shortest my notes have been in quite a while. And I don't know why. I'm, I'm interested to find out, but it's the horses. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's the horses.
1: <laughs> They're oh. everywhere. Oh, I
0: just <laughs> cut those away. Yeah, you cut out the horses. This episode's about 10 minutes long. Our episode starts up kind of how you would expect. You've got a skeleton in a full cowboy gear and somebody stomps into frame. He's our best friend, guys. It's the Crypt Keeper. And we cut over to a close-up of him greeting us, saying, Well, howdy, Pilgrim. It's done noon. And you know what that means, don't you? It means it's time for a gunfight at the OK Goral. We see the skeleton wobbly lift up its arms like it's being pulled up by strings, and Crypty pulls out his pistols, saying, This tomb ain't big enough for the both of them. By the way, this brings him to tonight's tale. It's about a gunslinger who's about to ride into his last roundup. Spoilers. He calls this Prairie Poison Showdown. We get a fun little shot of the Book of Tales where the wind flips a page over to show the picture for Showdown. And in the picture, we see a dude in the middle of the desert. And he's blasting some other zombified-looking dudes that are surrounding him. What a cover. It looks
1: cool. I like it. It looks amazing. And I gotta say, like as much as I did like this episode, mm-hmm. after this cover, I was like, Man, I'm a little bit disappointed it's not not like the cover. Yeah, it's not a dude shooting zombies in the desert. What's this? No, spoilers. Zombies. We fade into
0: the episode and get a nice little out-of-focus shot of, like, something walking or riding through the desert. After a minute or so, those figures come into focus, and it's actually two dudes on a horse. Well, hold on. It's two dudes on two horses. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, they each get a horse. They're not sharing. No, they wouldn't share. We hear someone stumble out some words asking if Billy is still there, and Billy tells us they lost that posse three days ago, and they're probably still chasing, like, dust devils somewhere. The voice thinks they're close, because he can see dust on the horizon, but Billy here assures the other dude, whose name is Harley, that it's just the wind. Billy here, uh, he is the main character.
1: Yep. Good old (laughs) Billy. What a sweetheart.
0: Harley falls off of his horse with a gasp, and, oh god, I hurt so bad. And he stares up into the sky saying, Billy, and Billy looks down at him and then cocks his gun and he shoots Harley. <laughs> Good old
1: Billy. <laughs> yeah. Sweet, sweet, sweet Billy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, pretty, pretty quick here. What kind of character Billy is? Yeah. He's a rootin' tooting cowboy shooting them and all that. He's right? a rootin', tooting, shooting,
0: scooting. Yeah. That's about everything, isn't it? Yeah. You just encapsulated a billion all the episode. Rootin' tootin', scootin' and shootin'. We cut over to a grave marker for Harley, and there's dudes all around it looking it up and down. They identify it as Harleys because there's initials on the gun that was left there. The man here, Tom McCurdo, gets up to leave, and another dude tells him that they've been at this shit for weeks, and the boys are tired. They want to head back. Tom tells him, no, this grave is super fresh, only like a few hours old. First, you want to quit? You go ahead. Me? I'm going after Quintane. Then the dudes ride out. We hop over to Billy, who's looking down at a different grave or something, and then looks over his shoulder to see if anybody's chasing him. And he moses his way into a settlement, and everyone just kind of stares at him as he trots by. Like everybody. They have yeah. nothing better to do.
1: Well, there's, like, ten people in this town, and he's he's the new guy, so...
0: Yeah, and this you town... Look, you have a little peek. This town is probably the most stereotypical, like, there's gonna be a showdown here kind of town. It's, like, you know, everything is very much down a row. There's buildings kind of sparsely to the left and some to the right. Like, it's if you imagine, like, oh, where would a shootout be, you know? This is the... <laughs> exact town that you would imagine in your mind
1: yep and spoilers it does what
0: (laughs) there's action in this one who knew we cut over to a blacksmith banging on an anvil or something and billy's in the doorway asking him for a room for the night and a place for his two horses since he still has harley's horse or harvey harley whatever billy turns to leave but the dude's all hey mister what happened to the other rider and Billy turns around and stares at the guy for a second before just walking on into town. He ain't got time for these questions.
1: Well, he's lucky he didn't shoot the guy, so. I know, right? Can you imagine,
0: like, being in the Midwest and being like, hey, mister, what happened to the other horse?" And then getting shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> Shouldn't I ask questions? That's what happens when you guys see open your mouth. I don't know. He walks by a door that opens up and some lady looks at him. So he says, ma'am, and then just keeps on walking. It was very boring, but I just feel like I had to add it.
1: well this episode will be like 20 minutes without that ma'am yes that's true
0: (laughs) he's about to go into the saloon but a voice calls out william because you know billy is short for one and it startles him billy turns around and we see a dude sitting in a chair saying hey it's william quintain billy corrects him saying nah it's billy quintain the dude gets up out of the seat saying i'm calling you out billy billy's all oh you the one that's been tracking me And it do be, Brandon, it's Thomas McMurdo. (laughs) Or Tom for short. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just call him Tommy. Yeah, it's a little Tommy. Billy looks at him saying, Texas Ranger, I heard of you. Hey, Tommy, they say you're the best there is. And Tom nods and cuts to the chase saying that he needs to take Billy in. Billy tells him, oh, well, Ranger man. And steps up closer to him in a typical showdown fashion. They're like, I don't know, a few paces apart from each other. I don't know how far a pace is, but, like, whatever you're imagining right now is what it is. Is that what a pace is, just a little step? Yeah, you just take a step. Okay, well, in that case, they're, like, I don't know, 10, 15 paces, perhaps? Okay. They're in the middle of this town that was literally made for them to have a showdown in. (laughs) Billy tells Tommy to make his move, and it's very tense. Like... Who's going to grab first, you guys? I think Tommy makes the first move here, and the two shoot, but Billy is a little bit quicker than Tommy and shoots him right in the chest. Billy cocks that gun again and shoots him again before Tom can do anything.
1: I was pretty surprised by this. Like, Tommy seemed to pretty confident, so I was like, oh, this is the, the end for old Billy Quintain. But no, he's like, I'm taking you in, Billy, and then just gets fucking shot right away.
0: Yeah, he's all like, I got this, Billy. And Billy's like, oh, no, you don't. It's dead. It's crazy. We watch Tom stumble a little in slow motion until he dramatically falls to his knees and then to the ground and he dies. (laughs) Fucking dead. Yeah, he's uh, pretty bad at his job. We cut over to a saloon and we see Billy walk on inside and order a whiskey. Some guy's playing a piano very poorly and Billy tells the barkeep to keep that bottle for him. He wants that whiskey. We hear some dude shuffle some cards and he calls out, hey, you look like a card player. Billy tells him to deal him straight and sits on down for some cutting cards. Could you imagine? They play chop poker. Oh,
1: man. That would be a nice callback. That'd be pretty cool. and be exciting.
0: But nobody plays chop poker in this episode.
1: <laughs> nobody plays it ever. That's
0: not a thing. No, you're right, right? Billy tells the dude he's got fast hands and the guy says, yeah, you do, too. Then he looks at his cards, and Billy has, like, five aces somehow. I don't know what it is. He's just good. He looks at that shit and throws them cards down, asking what he's trying to pull. And the man tells him nothing, just trying to prove a point, that the hand is quicker than the eye. Billy looks at his new cards, because he got, you know, dealt five new cards. And they are uh, the five of diamonds, the two and three of hearts, jack of spades, king of clubs. Doesn't really matter. But then Billy gives the most ridiculous laugh I've heard in quite some time. I'm sure it's cut in right here. <laughs> ah, yes, there it is. <laughs> it's super funny. I, it just seemed uh, very out of place. I don't know what the fuck this is for. I wonder how many times they like cut and had to take this laugh in general. But
1: <laughs> He laughed normally and they were like, no, come on. They're laugh like, it, up.
0: it up. Come on, Billy. This is hilarious stuff. The man goes to open up a little box, saying that this brings him to his next point, but Billy doesn't like that. He pulls out his pistol in response. And the man, whose name is Cornelius Bosch, by the way, apologizes and introduces himself as Cornelius Bosch. He asks Billy if he's ever been to Duluth, making a little small talk, but Billy just stares at him with his gun out. Like, he is, like, on edge 24-7, I think.
1: Yeah, he's gotta be. He's on the run.
0: Yeah, and I I feel like that's just kind of how you, you live your life in the Wild West. I don't know. Never done it. Dog shoot dog world. Exactly. Cornelius cuts to the chase saying that he's here to talk to him about the miracle of modern medicine. And he pulls out a little bottle saying, Dr. Silver's Wonder Tonic, guaranteed to quicken the reflexes, sharpen the senses, and improve the vision. Even the fastest of us could use that, right, Billy? Billy ain't liking what he's hearing, so he cocks his gun. Cornelius is all, oh, did I forget to mention that today there's an extra discount? It's 10% off. Billy tells him to go peddle his potion somewhere else. As fast as they is. Cornelius doubles down, saying that it's his final offer. One time only, he'll give him this Wonder Tonic absolutely free. Also, if Billy doesn't see a difference, Cornelius will pay him a whole dollar. Yeah. Which back then is like $10,000. Yeah, it's like infinite money right there. (laughs) Billy knows a deal when he sees one, and he wants that dollar. So he puts that gun away saying that he'll play Cornelius' little game, but he'll be losing more than a dollar because Billy don't like being made a fool of. Cornelius says, okay, fair enough, and he hands him that bottle. Billy opens that shit up. He sniffs it and takes a swig with a grunt. Billy tells Cornelius this magic juice ain't nothing but snake oil. But then he sees somebody. With a bushy mustache in the distance that looks kind of familiar, like some dude he
1: shot in the past. Which doesn't narrow it down because uh, he shot a lot of dudes.
0: Yeah, like um, kind of spoilers for the episode. All Billy does is shoot people.
1: <laughs> That's his He's
0: very good at it, though. Yeah, practice yeah. makes perfect, and he just kind of has visions of shooting people all the time. Cornelius asks him if he's okay, and Billy points, saying, "Damn." If that ain't the spittin' image of Doc Holliday. Cornelius gets all surprised, saying, Oh my god, what's all the hubba here? A lawman? And turns to look. Billy explains he was a lowlife trying to hunt old Billy, but he put a hole right through that thin star of his. Cornelius asks, But what, he's dead? You sure? And Billy says, uh, Yup, of course. Because I'm the one who deceased him. Then his eyes get all wide, and we have a flashback to ten minutes ago when Harley was dying and complaining about people chasing him. Billy takes a moment to himself to gather his thoughts when he hears a voice that's calling him out. It's Tom, that dude, he just got done murdering, Brandon. Whoa. Billy can't believe what he's seeing. Yeah, Tom's back, and he's better than ever. It's 2024 for Tom here. Billy can't believe what he's seeing. He grabs Cornelius by the throat, asking, What was in that tonic? He accuses Cornelius of slipping him some mushroom peyote or some other psychedelic something, I don't know, Wild West stuff. Cornelia starts talking, but Billy doesn't hear it at all. He does hear some dude from behind him call out, Billy. It's Frank, I I guess. And we see a flashback <gasps> Frank? of yeah, the it's Frank! The Frank! We get to see a flashback of Billy killing this Frank fella too.
1: Yeah. You get a lot of these little little flashbacks and like it looks like people being shot, so they did it good there, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah, people dying. Billy can't believe this is
0: happening, saying, Frank Lo bear- Remember Little Bear, Brandon? Do you ever watch Little
1: Bear? Uh, Love Little Bear.
0: Yeah, me too. And we see him get blasted. Frank here looks a bit zombified, which uh, is really cool. I wish more of the dudes were zombified. (laughs) Most of them are not, though. Mm -hmm. He says, "Mm, it's been a long time. Some other dudes get up and start moseying their way over to Billy, and they all kind of just surround him. And Tom tells him to look around and feast his eyes on all these dudes that Billy's killed in the past. Billy does just that and has flashbacks of him killing them all. (laughs) A lot of killing going on in this episode. Lots of bang, bang, shoot-'em-ups. Crazy. And we're, like, halfway done already.
1: (laughs) It's mostly shooting people.
0: Yeah. I don't know. What about this episode is so short, but I think it's all the flashbacks. Also, they probably cut to horses about, uh, I don't know, 12 times by now. So it could be that as well.
1: Yeah, just imagine that horses were running, like, this entire time that we've been talking about the episode. Between
0: every spoken word is a five-second clip of galloping horses. (laughs) Just imagine that. Cornelius pipes up, saying it's time for Billy to pay his respects to all the people he killed. Billy asks why, and if Cornelius is the devil here to snatch his soul. Cornelius is all, nah, I'm just Cornelius. But... I was caught in the crossfire back at Wells Fargo. and the camera pans us down to his chest, and we see that he's dead, too. Our best friend Cornelius, he's dead. Oh, I felt kind of bad for Cornelius, because he says that it was a stray bullet he was afraid. Oh, man. Billy looks all around him as the dudes start closing in more, and he screams,
1: you demons from the pit! You're coming to drag me off to hell! No! No!
0: Hey. And then he screams no a couple of times. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. It's turmoil. Yeah. Billy tries to run, but he is quickly cornered. So he pulls out his pistol and, and he cocks it. Tom hears all well, heaven or hell, whatever it is, it's a warm place and real quiet. One of the guys tells Billy, they're all here. All that live by the gun and die by it. Brotherhood of the gun. Tom walks closer saying that he doesn't belong here on earth or whatever. He belongs in the world of the dead with them. Billy tells him, no, you listen here. I killed each and every one of you in a fair fight and you got no cause to come slithering out of your grave to complain to me. Oh, and as far as
1: you, Cornelius, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, he likes killing people, but he's not just out there going on mass shooting sprees for strangers. He he kills people who try to kill him, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. He kills people that he knows. He kills people that are after him, I think.
0: And also uh people that fall off horses maybe i don't know but yeah all also his friends it's a i think this is a very interesting setup because you have like this tonic that he drinks like i don't know why the fuck he drank it i guess he really wanted that dollar but like you're like oh is he like hallucinating all these people he killed because he feels bad for it and it's because of the tonic or is there something else going on you know yeah you you already knew what was going on though didn't you brandon yeah i did (laughs) Tom here, he's not listening. He tells Billy his time has passed and none of them belong here anymore. Then he grabs Billy saying, like I said, I got to take you in. Billy complains that he shot Tom dead, but Tom tells him, sure, but you don't remember what happened after that, do you? Billy yells, yeah, I came in here. But Tom's all, oh, you remember walking away from my body, crossing the street, coming up from saloon steps? Can you honestly say that? It's a blank, isn't it? You're just like us. You don't have nonsense left. Then he throws Billy against the wall, and Cornelius tells him to accept it. Then all the zombies chant for him to accept his fate, and Billy screams at them to go away because they're dead and he's alive. He screams it over and over again and falls to the ground. The voices do stop, and Billy gets up and looks around at the empty saloon. And suddenly, the door opens up, and in walks this dude in some sparkly, fancy cowboy gear. Oh, boy. (laughs) He looks fabulous, Brandon. Oh, I love this guy. He's got like bedazzled uh I don't know what cowboy things are called. Assless chat I don't know what he's in, but <laughs> He looks like if Elvis was in a Western movie. Yeah. Brandon, I got I have a question for you
1: here. Have you right. watched any
0: like Western movies? Oh, I think we did there.
1: I haven't watched a lot of them. Uh no. I've seen a few of them. The good the bad, and the ugly is one of my top three favorite movies of all time, so that gotcha. may make it sound like I really like westerns, but it's like that's probably one of the only ones I've seen okay other than uh you know true grit and unforgiven like I can't think of any other ones I've seen
0: that is far more than I've seen now you know when people call them spaghetti westerns what mm-hmm. does that
1: mean uh they're made in Italy,
0: oh okay well all right I thought it was something like You know, they were cheesy kind of thing. I didn't know. Okay. (laughs) So this is not a spaghetti western, okay?
1: No. Okay.
0: (laughs) Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your personal gunslinger. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything that we have going on here. We just want to thank you for spending some time with us. We've got bonus episodes, early release episodes, and more available now on our Patreon at patreon.com slash privateisland. With multiple posts a week, there is always something new to enjoy. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons. The Beths, Venice Witch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Rad, Magical, Faith, and Shane. The Goths, Steven, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Sid, and Corey. The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith. And you boys and girls, Kathy, Farren, and Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. You can follow us on social media for new posts nearly every day. I've been working really hard to create a ton more content for social media, TikTok in particular, as I'm hoping to hit a 1,000 followers this year. You can find us on Twitter at UANpod, on Instagram and threads at Podcast, on YouTube at Podcast, and on TikTok at Private Island Presents. You can chat with me live on Twitch at twitch.tv/privateislandc, as well as on YouTube, where I play games or do some editing for the podcast. Lately, I've been enjoying some casual World of Warcraft with my wife, but I do love to play some other things like Diablo 2, Stardew Valley, and more. I've got plenty of sound bites for you to play from all of your favorite shows and episodes. I'd like to take a moment to thank the benevolent badger for their work on the music for our show. Aside from this theme, dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in. For now, I will let you get back to the episode, and I will talk with you again next week. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Back in the saloon, Brandon, we got this fancy cowboy guy. He calls everybody to come on in, and behind him walks in a crowd of people. The guy tells everybody that this saloon has its very own ghost. A little boy with a goddamn boombox on his shoulders to emphasize the fact that yeah. we're in present day, 1992, is all, a ghost? Get real. The tour guide turns that boombox off, saying, I'm talking about the ghost of Billy Quintain himself. Yes, sirree. The fastest gun in the West.
1: Not fast enough. But his
0: luck ran out on him the day old Tom McMurdo caught up to him. Tracker Tom, the Texas Ranger. Oh, and what a showdown it was, too. We see the guy point out some pictures of dead Billy and explain both men drew and both men fired, but it was Tom that struck him down. But we all know that Tom didn't come to town alone that day. His posse was all over the town, and the moment that Tom bit the dust, that posse cut down Billy Quintain. Out of every window, rooftop, and doorway, they were flinging lead at him, but some folks tell me. If you listen late at night, you can hear the voice of that poor lost soul up there whistling and a- crying in the rafters of this saloon, screaming like a banshee. Oh, poor sweet Billy. I know.
1: That's what. ah You know, uh, Tom's posse should have come out before Tom I know. was killed.
0: I thought that too, but maybe it's. I don't mean like. Maybe it's like a. a respect kind of thing like they're yeah, in their show sure it's an honor thing
1: it. but like come mm-hmm. on just kill them
0: i know I, I thought the same thing but that's enough of that shit folks let's mosey on down the trail there's so much to see
1: yeah we got it we got places to take this boom box
0: we have twists tour. to unravel and etc <laughs> boom box i i love it i love that that kid had a fucking boom box on his shoulders i was like just to show us yeah he got out of his car woods.
1: And he was like, all right, got to grab my boombox." box.
0: Yeah. Some, I didn't mention it, but another kid has like a giant lollipop. And I'm just like, who gave them these props? What is this? <laughs> the crowd all leave the saloon and Billy stays to, to look around. He hears some voices crying and stuff. And he has flashbacks of horses running on a sunset, <laughs> which he's had a lot. I actually mentioned oh, it yeah. this time. I thought it would like come up this time, you know, be like important, but it's just it's just horses. Billy takes another moment to look around and then walks out of the saloon. And outside, he just stares out at the modern world with all of its cars and children and laughter.
1: And boom boxes. And, yeah.
0: There's like a little like uh, ice cream stand or something, too.
1: <laughs> it's the future.
0: He has had enough of this future business and walks back inside the saloon. We hear a voice say that he was wrong. And it turns out it's Billy's voice. It's a bit like ethereal here. And he calls out that he was, was wrong. He calls out for Cornelius or Tommy or, you know, Frank Little Bear, anybody, but they're not answering. So he starts sobbing and wailing and begging them not to leave him here.
1: Okay, Cortland. Yes. At this point, from Billy's perspective, he he's been in this predicament for maybe 10 minutes. Roughly, yes. <laughs> but he is already like, please take me. Don't forsake me here. Don't leave oh. me alone. And it's like, if I learned I was a ghost, I'd be like, I'm cool for at least a couple hundred years before this gets boring.
0: Yeah, but like, also he's back, he's like in 1992 already, so like, I don't know if all this time was just a blur to him or something, I don't know. Maybe like every, maybe the realization that he is actually a ghost is like, you know jaunted him or something i don't know maybe it's horrible who knows we're not I ghosts brandon. I, uh, maybe it's ta- worse.
1: time is not really a thing for ghosts it's just no
0: whatever. look brandon you see a boom box when you're not expecting a boom box and you're like oh god you know <laughs> what you gotta is that boom
1: there. boxed device
0: he's seen that sparkly guy and his cowboy get up and he was like oh my god i gotta get out of here
1: <laughs> i need a suit like that
0: sometimes you just gotta look at it from a billy angle you know bang Billy here falls to the ground and asks them to take him in. Then he starts to cry, in. But there's a voice that calls out...
1: William Quentin, I'm calling you out.
0: And Billy stands up, and he wipes his eyes. He puts his hat back on and takes another look around the saloon. He walks up to the table and takes a big old drink of whiskey, and then he heads out the door. He walks outside and takes a deep breath of air, and we see that there's Tom out there. He tells Billy he's gotta take him in. And Billy smiles, saying, "'Well then, Ranger, man,' And he steps to the streets (laughs) in another duel, just like before. I know. They love each other, Brandon. It's sweet. (laughs) It really is. Billy nods, saying, Tommy, make your move. We see this time it cuts over to dudes that are hidden behind some buildings and on rooftops, just like that fancy man told us about. The two men grab their guns and they shoot at each other, Billy being quicker again and taking Tommy out. Billy lifts up his guns. He looks around town and he yells, Come
1: on, you sorry son of
0: then one of them just shoots billy in the chest and an all-out gunfight goes on brandon billy's shooting at windows and shit getting shot at a few more times taking out some dudes on stairs
1: it's very exciting so when this whole thing happens and billy got his second chance to be taken to hell or whatever i thought he would be like all right take me here we go Thank mm-hmm. you for coming back for me. But no, he's still like, I got to kill more people.
0: <laughs> no, like, the way that it's presented, he's all, like, downtrodden and stuff. He's like, okay, I do want to be with the boys, you know. And then Tommy's all like, all right, get out of here, Billy. It's time for a show. And he's all, like, smiling, like, all right, here we go. It's so odd. Like, <laughs> I don't really know. It's very cheesy in a way, you know, like, I don't know. The shootout's pretty fun, though. Like, they, they do some fun camera work. There's a lot of windows that get shot. People flying downstairs and stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like,
1: they don't take Billy down easy, even though he's, like, in an open yes. street. An empty street, and there's, like, ten of them. They still yes. mostly get killed. There's, like,
0: ten dudes shooting at um a Billy that is immobile, essentially. And Billy holds his ground for a while. and <laughs> He gets shot so many times, and it... He just keeps going. He just he, he gets shot. He keeps kicking and ticking. But he does finally dramatically fall to his knees and then onto the ground. And we get a shot of all these dead bodies. And then we cut over to Billy Quintain with like pennies over his eyes and in a pine casket standing up. Cornelius snaps a photograph as some dudes are all celebrating around Billy. There's a sign that says uh, Billy Quintain killed this day by us. This snaps us to present day. Where those tourists are all over by Billy's grave, and we see that Billy was buried right next to Tom for some reason. Yeah, I think they They, do. They really
1: are just like linked by the universe.
0: I guess you can't have Billy without Tom. I don't know. It's it's what what happened to Harley or Harvey or whatever. I don't. Doesn't matter. Yeah,
1: Yeah. it does not matter. This is the Romeo and Juliet Frank Lill bear nah relationship.
0: Yeah. Suddenly, Billy and Tom are there on horseback, talking about the good old days when they shot at each other.
1: yeah, nostalgia <laughs>
0: right. Tom asks if he's ready, and Billy is, so they roll out along with all the other people that Billy's killed in the past, and we watch them hoot and holler and ride into the sunset. It's a very interesting like take on the afterlife of cowboys and you know outlaws and stuff. It's like they're Valhalla, maybe? I don't know, but it's only the people Billy killed. So are they just stuck in, like, Billy dimension? I don't get
1: it. <laughs> I guess. He transported them to, like, gun hell. Oh.
0: They lived by the gun and then they got stuck in purgatory. <laughs> so
1: when, when they're all riding away after uh, they meet up there in the afterlife, it's like the same footage as the footage that's been playing this whole episode of them running.
0: Yes. Yeah, you get, like, that sunset thing. So, like, it does, like, link back to that, I suppose.
1: Is that implying, though, that while that was playing, like, this whole thing was on, like, a loop where they went through this over and over and over again until Billy accepted that he was dead?
0: I don't know, Brandon, because, like, he accepted he was dead pretty quick.
1: This time, yeah.
0: This time they got through to him. All it took was modern medicine, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I got to say, I think it isn't anything new. I feel like I didn't get shocked by any means, but they I think that was executed really well. It was pretty emotional. And one thing that I do like about this episode is Tales from the Crypt gives us a lot of real shit characters. Like, Billy's not a great character. He kills people, like, all the fucking time, but I still feel really bad for him, which is unique because most of the time I don't feel bad for the main character when they get their comeuppance in the end. Mm-hmm. This one is kind of like a, you know, like a ballad, if you will, you know?
1: Yeah. He never, like, feels sorry. He never feels remorse for his actions, really. No. He's just kind of like, all right, I was a shit. I killed a lot of people. Let's go. But there, there's, like, a kind of shared respect among all these people. Like, they really did live by the gun. It was their, their life, and so they're all killed by the gun, and they... Something they they share.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they're all, like, super friendly with Billy. And then, like, at the end, when Billy's, like, smiling, like, oh, boy, here we go. I'm going to join my buddies. It's like, no, Billy, these aren't your friends. You killed them all. Like, obviously, <laughs> you had something wrong with them. Like,
1: I don't yeah. know. You killed more people just to accept your death. <laughs> <laughs> I just love too.
0: like, poor Cornelius. He's just, like, stuck in... <laughs> this fucking purgatory because he yeah. accidentally got shot by a stray bullet so is he off riding into the sunset with them as well or are they just like okay cornelius like your time's here you're you're lame but we're not gonna hang out with you anymore you're not much of a gun guy
1: no i think cornelius is part of it he's all just
0: on his horse and the horse is all like yay cornelius rides to the sunset it's fun i liked
1: it yeah It's a a quick, fun little episode.
0: With all of that resolved, Brandon, we fade back over to our best friend, the Crypt Keeper, and he blows the smoke away from his pistol, saying, Talk about stick shooter, I think. Who'd have thought that being a cowboy would have stirred up so many bad feelings? Well, kiddies, I gotta go. There's a gore rush on, you know. And the camera pans us back to see a chandelier has fallen on the cryptie's skeletal foe. And he says, Hmm, I wonder, who was that mashed man? (laughs) <laughs> and the camera zooms uh-huh. up to his face as he laughs us out of the episode. And that was a good one. So
1: that's the end. Wow. Uh, this episode was not actually filmed as part of Tales from the Crypt.
0: Right. Yeah. Troy had mentioned that when he was on last week. And I don't know. He said that it was like very different and it, would fe- it wouldn't it would quite feel like a Tales from the Crypt episode. And I asked like, oh, does it feel more like yellow? And I feel like it kind of does feel a little more like yellow, a little bit more like cinematic than a normal like Tales from the Crypt episode, I think.
1: Yeah, production wise, definitely. But like, I see, I'm seeing a lot of people talking about this episode saying like it just doesn't feel like a Tales from the Crypt thematically. And like, I don't know, Dead Ghost Cowboys. Isn't that far removed from horror, considering a lot of the silly episodes we've seen of this show?
0: Yeah, I mean, we did get that whole, like, taxidermy episode in season one. I mean, that's kind of like my cornerstone for, like, campy, silly episodes. This one's not very silly. It takes itself very seriously.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Aside from one, you Even know, that, that boombox. That fucking boombox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we get that boombox. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, you feel bad for Billy being a ghost kind of thing, even though it kills everybody. And I don't know. I don't think it's bad. Like, I, I quite like this episode. It has a 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb. And I think it should be higher than that. I thought it was yeah. pretty good. And I don't like Westerns.
1: I'm not going to say this is like a 10 out of 10, but I'm, this is a decent little episode of Tales from the Crypt.
0: You could do worse. Yeah, it had me wondering what was going on. When that kid walked in with the boombox, I was like, okay, I know what's going on, but like, I still want to know. You yeah. Know?
1: I'm sold.
0: But Brandon, I mean, overall, was there anything that you learned from Showdown? Was there a moral to the story? I think the whole moral is don't shoot people. No. Yeah. You'll get stuck in limbo every time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like if you need reasons not to shoot people, then sure. There's that one.
0: I learned, Brandon, if you're going out of town and you got like a tour guide showing you like an awesome Western town or whatever, bring your boom box. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be boring probably if you're a kid.
1: You never know when you'll need that boom box.
0: Yeah, you never know when you need to show a ghost that you're in 1992 now, okay? Because <laughs> if that boom box wasn't there, I'd be like, wow, this town is hip happening. But no, they're in the future. I think what I really did learn, though, Brandon, is that if somebody offers you the miracle of modern medicine, and you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't drink it.
1: Yeah, don't drink mysterious liquids from people you don't know. Exactly, especially in a saloon.
0: Probably drugged. Now, Brandon's showdown. I think it's a pretty good named episode. There's uh, at most two showdowns that we watched on top of flashbacks of perhaps showdowns. But do you think we could come up with a better name?
1: Fake Western Town. <laughs> Billy the Ghost. That just sounds like a fun little cartoon. Oh, you're right. It's like Casper, but Billy, you know? Yeah. Instead of like Casper the Friendly Ghost, it's like Billy the Shooting Ghost. <laughs>
0: Frank Lil Bear. We should we had we need more Frank Lil Bear, Brandon. Ah, uh, yeah. Cowboy zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that cover. I wish we would have gotten more of that. There's like fogginess and Billy's fucking blasting them. That would have been cool. He doesn't blast any of these uh zombified people, though. No. I guess unless Tom is, but he's not. Because they didn't put any zombie makeup on him. Only like a select few men had like zombie makeup on. And it wasn't even that much. It was more like. He was a little bloody kind of thing.
1: Yeah, the cover really makes it look like it's going to be like a Night of the Living Dead Cowboys. It's totally not that.
0: That's okay. Brandon, do you want to meet this cast? Because I would love to.
1: Yeah, who are these people? There's not many of them.
0: No, we're only going to look at about four people. Should I grab Frank Little Bear? We did talk about him a lot. (laughs) Oh, I should probably grab Harley, too. Well, let's start with uh, the first person on IMDb who is not Billy. It is Tom McMurdo played by david morse
1: yep david morse is like he's like a frank darabont guy like he's in he's in the green mile uh-huh which th- this episode is written by frank darabont by the way
0: okay that's what that's what i thought okay well um david here he started things off in 1980 with inside moves and he was also in things called shattered vows when dreams come true saint elsewhere uh, I think I feel like I've heard that before. They talked about it that, and I love the '80s. I believe, right? That's the yeah. the doctor drama where it was all actually just in an autistic boy's mind, right?
1: Yep. And he was in 137 episodes, so he was all over that thing.
0: Sure was. Brothers of the Rose, Desperate Hours. I'm trying to think if I see anything. I, he was in The Good Son. I've seen that movie. Yep. The Langoliers, Brandon. <laughs> Have you seen The Langoliers? Oh,
1: I haven't. Oh, don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> done and done
0: um more recently you know in the 2000s he was in The Slaughter Rule, Down in the Valley AWOL Hound Dog I don't know what any of these are he was in the TV show Medium with uh, Patricia Arquette three episodes of it Cool. he was in World War Z, did you see that movie? I did I remember Uh, that movie is uh interesting because it's based off of a book but it is like not following the book quite like, nothing like the book People are very upset about that, so maybe someday we'll get an actual World War Z. Um Most recently, he was in The Last Thing He Told Me, two episodes from this. Well, I guess it's not this year anymore. He was in 2023. Whoops. Yeah, it's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah, but he's still working. He's still kicking and uh doing what he does. Good. David Morris. Next up, let's talk about Billy. He was played by Neil Gintoli. Gintoli. Oh, my gosh. Brandon, I've seen Child's Play, and he is Eddie Caputo in that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he started things off 1987 with Sable, and then he played Eddie Caputo in uh, Child's Play. And I got to say, I think Eddie Caputo is like the most fun name to say. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a Caputo, you know? It's just like it rolls off your tongue. It's a lot of fun.
1: I know him most as he was in one episode of Seinfeld. He's the one who's yeah. trying to get Jerry to to bootleg the movies. <laughs> I love that. He was at the Jeff Foxworthy show for 23 episodes. (laughs) I did also watch that on, like, Nick at Night or something at some point. Yeah,
0: I remember. I think it was on at your house sometimes when I was over. Uh, He was in King of the Hill for two episodes, Allie McBeal. Not a whole lot of things, though. I mean, through the 2000s, he was only in, like, a handful of things. And uh, his last credited role was in 2006 for Love Comes to the Executioner. But he's still here. Like, he's still a lot he just it was like nah it's acting stuff fuck it i guess i'm not gonna speak for him <laughs> but that was neil let's look at cornelius bosch played by the late roderick cook who passed away in 1990 even though this came out in 1992 so it must have come out posthumously Posthumous. it was his last credited role so okay he started things off in 1957 with theater night that's old He was in things throughout the 50s and 60s. Very, very prevalent in like 1960. He did a ton of stuff. I would list them, but I don't think anybody's ever heard of (laughs) them. (laughs) No. He wasn't. Oh, no. I I got excited here. 1961. He was in something called Golden Girl, and I was like, oh, the Golden Girls. But no, it's not. It's not the Golden Girls. There's no B. Arthur or anybody. (laughs) Well, there might be. I'm not going to look. He was in Amadeus. I've heard that song. He was a MacGyver in 1988. So proudly we hail. I mean, there's a lot of things in here that I've never heard of. And like I said, last credited role, 1992's Tales from the Crypt, it was this episode. So rest in peace, Roderick Cook. Next, Brandon. Let's talk about Deputy Wilson. Who the fuck was that? I have no idea. Okay, well, we're not going to talk about him then. Sorry, Thomas Duffy.
1: Boom, <laughs> you're out. You again. don't deserve.
0: <laughs> I don't even, even
1: about.
0: I know what character you were. Let's talk about Monty Bass, who played Frank Lulbear. The great, great. The great Frank Lulbert, Monty Bass here, started things off in 1987 with Date with an Angel. And then he was in Friday the 13th, The New Blood. I don't know which numbered Friday the 13th that is, but he was in it. He was also in The Exorcist 3, which uh, has a very good jump scare in it. And that is all I know about that movie. Oh, my God, Brandon. Yeah. He was in well, something called I Don't Buy Kisses Anymore. <laughs> Anymore? <laughs> No, nah, they used to buy the kisses,
1: and he was buying kisses. Maybe it's the chocolate kisses. We don't know. <laughs> Ooh, I'd buy some of those. Yeah, they probably don't have that in Australia, do they? You can get them, but they're not just
0: like everywhere. Oh man, you, do you remember the the Wishmaster movie? Do you, do you remember anything about that? I think that one's the an evil genie. Maybe what? all right whatever. In two thousand one, he was in Tremors three. Back to perfection. They finally got there, Brandon. They're like, let's get back to that perfection business. Most recently. In 2008, he was in Columbus Day. and that? Sure. That was Monty Bass. <laughs> good end to a career. Yeah, Little Bear. Frank Little Bear. Last up, we're going to talk about Harley because he was in the episode and he had a line. I mean, I guess it was probably more than Frank Little Bear. But uh, Harley was played by Paul T. Murray. And uh, this man here was not in a whole ton of stuff. He started things off 1983 with Remington Steele. He was also in Beauty and the Beast, but not the Disney movie. <laughs> it was the oh, TV okay. show, <laughs> one that you don't care about. Yes. He was in Two-Fisted Tales, which I think is what this is from, isn't it? Two-Fisted yes. Tales? Okay. Oh, yeah, he was in the segment Showdown. <laughs> Look at that. So they just took that movie, cut it up, and were like, yeah, let's throw it in Tales from the Crypt. Why Just
1: not? add a Crypt Keeper saying puns, and it's good.
0: Like I said, his, his IMDb profile is not very long. Like He has a couple of roles in 2000, like two or three. There's some breaks here. 2010's Hunchback. 2011's The Holiday Heist. Um, but then more recently, he was actually in something in 2021 called The Hunchback of Bel Air. <laughs> Which I... <laughs> i don't know (laughs) oh boy that's
1: that's something
0: yeah it's got a 3.1 out of
1: 10 on imdb it's probably really good (laughs) i'd probably still rather watch that than the like bel-air reboot they did
0: oh i forgot they did a bel-air reboot interesting that's our castle brandon that's uh basically everybody i'm gonna talk about here we're not gonna talk about the blacksmith or that woman that looked at uh billy or anything Do you want to find out what's next week? Yes, please. All right. Well, next week, we got season four, episode nine. It's called King of the Road. And Brandon, this episode has got Brad Pitt in it. Oh, yeah. Star power. Although Uh at the time, like not so much. Nah. But let me read this little description here. A life on the edge hot rodder named Billy. Oh, that sounds familiar. Oh. Comes to town run by Sheriff Garrett. He immediately dates and romances his daughter. Immediately, Brandon. With ulterior motives linked to Garrett's past. He's Brad Pitt. I know, right? You can't resist him. For which he was once a champion of the hot-rotting. Will Garrett accept Billy's challenge to the death? What?
1: (laughs) Okay, so this is pretty much the same story, except for instead of guns, it's cars. I think
0: so, yeah. They're just like, (laughs) okay, "Eh, Billy. Everybody's Billy. Yeah, it's just an
1: anthology show of Billy's getting into Mischief,
0: <laughs> yeah. But this Billy's this this Billy's Brad Pitt Brandon. So like, yeah, that's good, right?
1: That's top tier Billy.
0: I'm pretty excited to see 1992's Brad Pitt. That's probably gonna be exciting. Whew, yeah,
1: that's gonna be something.
0: <laughs> but that's next week, Brandon. You have to wait for another Billy next week. <laughs> oh man. For now, though, Brandon, I've been up all night. I sh- I should go back to bed. I'm tired. Yeah, me too. But. Happy New Year, Brandon. 2024. Oh, we're thanks. Still fucking doing this podcast. I know. Still doing this. Still going.
1: We're still going. <sighs> All
0: right, Brandon. I'm out of here. Thank you so much, everybody. I will talk to you later. Bye,
1: everybody. Bye. Because <laughs> I'm the one who deceased him.